the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. I got to tell you what, Ross, I'm, I'm getting a huge pile of paperwork over here because of the lawyers. You know, they make everybody fill out a, a form now if they come on the show because we're doing Facebook Live. And you got to do that or, uh, you know, they, they say, I can't have you on. Hmm. I, I told Paul that if I thought of anything really brilliant, I was going to hold it back for when it wouldn't be copyrighted <laughs> to someone else. There you go. Well, I, you know, I steal a saying from you all the time. I refuse to lick the boot of the person who oppresses me. I refuse to lick the boot that's on my neck. There you go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, same thing. Same thing. I've You said that probably 16 years ago probably. on my show. Probably. You know, you've been you've been around me for a long time. Yeah, you and I met Kimball. when you when you first came to town in 2000. And we're talking about being a libertarian, and yep. I was on the state libertarian board at the time, and, and I looked you up, and we got to be friends, and, and we worked on the Harry Brown campaign. In fact, that's been almost 18 years ago. I am a Harry Brown supporter still. Yeah. Harry Brown, my favorite. He would have been a great president. My, yes, he would have. He, my favorite thing that he ever said is that the government comes and breaks your legs and then shows up a week later with crutches and says, I'm here to help you. And we, and we say thank you. Yeah, yeah, and, people, we're, and we're dumb enough. Harry to say didn't throw that you. in there, but yeah, okay. but we can't saying. afford to live without them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and that's the other thing. Hey, Mark Johnson's here. He is the, of course, Pulaski County Republican Chairman. Thanks for coming in. Thanks, Dave. We're glad to have great you here. To be here. It's great to be here. I haven't seen Carl in, gosh, probably twenty years. Really? Yeah, wow. but back at you know Brandex, uh, he was uh, got to know him in those days and. Uh, uh, and, and driving over here, heard his melodious tones on the air and kind of got me excited. It's great to see you. I like having clear thinkers on my show. Carl fits that category. So does RD and Paul does as well. Elizabeth does. Val does. I think all the people that I bring on can uh, coherently put together a few sentences, you know, and make sense. Thanks, people. Dave. It's a low <laughs> it's a low bar we have to pass today. <laughs> well, you're about to go into political season, so that might, yeah, I got to kind of throw that, that over. Yeah, you start having on. candidates on here. Uh, <laughs> by the way, I did not mention something. If you live in District 29, State Senate District 29, election is today. You need to get out. It's uh, Hill or Coy. Those right. are the two names that are on the ballot. So vote, uh, vote your conscience and uh, and cast your vote. And then uh, if you head down to Russellville, uh, that's uh, District uh, 16, if I'm not mistaken. And there's three people on the ballot there. Bailey is one, and I forget what the other two. I think the other two are women, if I'm not mistaken, that are running. There's one man and one woman. Okay. And I'm sorry, Dave, I don't remember their names either. Bailey, but that Bailey, is 16. You know. Okay. So you got that. Uh, and a lot of people are talking about, you know, the whole thing dealing with, and we talked about this yesterday, uh, the governor's budget and, uh, you know, the, the whole thing about Medicaid expansion and there's our, you know, conservative, uh, state senators are saying, well, right now we might be able to hold up the governor's, uh, budget or hold up 
Medicaid expansion, but would it be worth it to make to force a, a special election and have to spend the money that would have to be paid to do a special election? I mean, I understand that thought process, you know. Yeah, but whenever you have the thought process that you ran on a platform or smaller government and, and more freedom and, and less federal overreach, I think I would stand on the principles that I ran on instead of worrying about uh, upsetting the other side. I'd worry about upsetting the people that put me in office. Well, just, uh, well here's the problem, though. You can get hit from the other the side that you support if it comes down and suddenly they find out that they're, you know that uh, the government is state government's paying x amount of dollars for a for a special election a lot of times they're not happy with that you know so it's just you got to do what you got to do you know you know my answer to them had two senators call me and bring this up to me and dave what do you think i said you're damned if you do and you're damned if you don't but dave there is a little tidbit in state law that requires the governor to call a special election within 150 days of the vacancy Mm-hmm. And uh, even though technically, you know, you it's a possibility there will not be a session after uh, all of these gentlemen are uh, certified, shall we say. They're elected and they're certified in the position. Uh, part of the uh, the law does say that 150 days. And then you get into the, the criteria where uh, the law requires the State Board of Election Commissioner to turn to both parties and say, well, do you want to have a convention or do you want to have a primary? If one of them says primary, then they both have to have a primary. So that adds to the timetable. And one question I didn't get answered before I came on the air. I, I was asking it the other day and I forgot to follow up on it. We have a new law that takes effect in 2018, and that's about runoffs in a primary. I can remember when the runoff was two weeks after the first primary. Okay. And then it went to three weeks. Starting this year, it's four weeks after the primary. So I don't know if that applies to these special elections or not. But uh, So you're saying that in 16, where there's three people running, the two with the, the most votes, unless somebody gets more than 50% of the vote, will have to run off against each other. That's exactly right. And, and, and we've had that, of course, forever. But originally, years ago, it was two weeks. A few years ago, they went to three weeks, and now they've pushed it to four weeks. And as you know, we have almost two weeks of early voting now. Yeah. So you couldn't have it a two-week runoff because you wouldn't even know who the people running is in time to have uh, the early voting. So the whole thing has become, in my opinion, a mess. I think that we need to start looking at if you're going to have early voting, maybe one week. I'm with max. you on that. I've I, always been with you on that. I, I, I think I would personally like to get rid of early voting altogether. And just, I'm and with just, Paul. And just that. make it a one-day thing. Because for one thing, stuff comes out about candidates within a few days of the election exactly. sometimes. And so if you've already voted two weeks before the election and it turns out the guy you voted for is a child molester and, and, and you <laughs> ended up yeah. voted, voting That's for right. some, some creep and you exactly can't change right, it. Paul. And, and I think the compromise might be taking it to one week. Now, we do have uh, – and, and I, I would even favor as a, a way to simplify things and to maybe save the state some money, maybe having what I would call no-fault uh, absentee is that originally you're supposed to sign an affidavit that says, I will be away from my voting precinct and can't vote in person. Well, if you just said you can sign this and within so many days of the election and get an absentee ballot, then it would be the same thing as early voting but would not require – having to pay these election officials and maintain all these polling places at great expense all across. Do you think it would also reduce fraud? I think if you shrink the window 
of that time period, you reduce fraud. Carl and I. That alone would make it worth it. And, 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 and of course, of course, we don't have vote fraud in Arkansas. <laughs> I posted something where I know we're on Facebook Live, but I posted something the other day. It was a picture of a widow going to the cemetery, speaking to her husband, telling him he would get to keep voting. We're, we're striking down. We've got a lawsuit to strike down Arkansas's voter ID. That's right. Uh, Absolutely. Well, you know, hold on, hold on. Okay. I was just going to say, last year we got very close to getting a very good special election bill passed. And one person got up. We had the votes to get it passed, and one person got up. Most of the special elections money is spent in Arkansas is when counties and cities and schools want to raise their millage and raise their taxes. That's where we waste most of our money in Arkansas. And they'll call one of them. It's 74% chance that if you run a special election for a tax, that that tax will get passed in a special election. And they don't care if it costs twenty or $30,000 in the district. But then you get people passing taxes on 95% of the people in their districts with less than 5% of the people voting. We almost got that stopped. We almost got that stopped in the state of Arkansas, but there was a phone call made and we, the, the bill passed. And whenever they went to to count the votes, they asked for a vote. Did that, did that that phone call come from the hot springs area? Uh, I, I, do, not, I don't know. I think that, I think I it heard. came from the capital area myself. No, I think I'm, no, it came it came from the uh, the Hot Springs area. If I'm not so, mistaken, I think there was a female in the Hot Springs area that made that phone call. But I don't know who made the phone call. But I know that the bill passed. They were counting the votes, and someone they sounded that the voted for they sounded the ballot got up and walked out. So that changed that changed it. The to 50 them. and it did not pass so we got that close of saving money uh if something is on the ballot that makes less government and takes the government out of our lives releases them from our health care system i'll pay the money for the election but <laughs> what we're going to get anything on a special ballot is going to be something where they can turn out the people that it benefits while everybody else is at work. Okay, now I'm going to change the subject here, Paul, so I'm okay. sorry if you That's had something okay. important to say. I want to come over to Mark and talk about this. Our quorum courts many times are much more conservative than what our city governments are. Why is it that we are a very now pretty red state, but yet when you look at Little Rock, you look at Conway, you look at Fayetteville, you look at Fort Smith, you look at these cities, and they all are bastions of blueness. You know, here in Pulaski County, Little Rock has been blue since I got here. And, Long before days. Yeah, and, and it's like you can't. Since the Whigs were out of power. Yeah, you can't, <laughs> you, you can't, get, you can't get the Democrats out of the, the urban areas. And until we get them out and get some kind of conservatives then i'm not going to say we're going to get all conservatives then because i've been taught a, a valid <laughs> lesson about that on a statewide basis be but, nice to be represented though yeah yeah but it, it would be nice well, Dave, to have some republicans that's an interesting point and and we have had some republicans in little rock uh, michael keck uh, who was a city board member and certainly will tell you he's a republican uh, but it's interesting i'm going to leave little rock set it aside for a moment okay. come back to it uh Conway is my hometown. That's where I grew up. Uh, I mean, bo- why do they keep? Well, I Tab Tonsil 
stayed as mayor there for so long because of all the colleges that are there. I just, I honestly believe that. Well, he didn't start out as far to the left as he ended up. Uh, Tab's a nice guy. His dad was my former landlord when I had an office downtown. Uh, he went to high school with my brothers. Uh, uh, but he didn't start out on the side of the spectrum that he ended up. And let's face it, in many cases, uh, municipal government's not really a, a, a partisan or even a, you know, get the police out at the street, make sure things, the, the services are funded. Uh, Dave, I think a lot of our problems go back to these local sales taxes. And when, when I was director of community development in North Little Rock, North Little Rock was in real trouble. And they even had to, they couldn't pay their share to what then was called Central Arkansas Transit. Mm-hmm. Of course, now 300 and something thousand dollars later, they're, you know, Rock Region Metro. But, yep. uh, Still with no riders. Right. But the thing was that, uh, that they couldn't even pay their share of the transit system. And uh, when uh, Governor White was in office, you know, they're begging for money. He said, well, look what I'm going to do. I'm going to give you a local option. You can have an election and pass a sales tax to do this. Well, I thought it was a good idea at the time, but like a lot of good ideas, they get taken to extremes. And now, and I, I did this, I was in New York City, I took a picture of my receipt in a restaurant, and the whole, the tax in New York City was like 8%. In Little Rock, it's 11%. Mm-hmm. 11%. And that's if... Just you take know, a picture if you get mixed drinks. Oh, well, exactly. But the point is that... We, we can't have tax reform until we get a handle on these local option sales taxes. Well, you know, the, the, the municipalities, you know, they should be serving the people. It's not about bike trails and parks and, and things. Here, look at our problems in Little Rock not even having enough police officers. And they're spending money on, on bridges. And, and there's got to have to be some constraints put on the growth of what I call frivolous spending at the local level. And that's where... Uh, it's come from is they've got the money they're spending it yeah and they're spending it they say they're taxing for one thing and spending on another i remember when stewart was police chief and they passed that tax to build a new police station to hire more officers guess what they didn't hire more officers that's right where did they spend the money at nobody's asking that question all the tv stations around here the little lap dogs that run around they're not asking the important questions. Now, to come back to your Little Rock thing, I said I was going to sit to the side and come back. Take a look at the age of the average age of the Little Rock City Board. They've been there a long time. They're older than me. Yeah, they, they, they are older than you, Carl. <laughs> and you they've know, been around that's that's about as long. <laughs> right. And I'm not, and they're nice people. I'm not saying that you elderly people can't be great public servants, but uh, it, you have to have some new blood sometimes. And, and, Let's let's. There's the elephant in the room, and I shouldn't use that since I'm a Republican chairman. The, <laughs> the thing people don't talk about is you can have a mayor's election, a city board election, and Bruce Moore's still city manager. Yep. I don't think it is appropriate. This is just me talking. Not this is not a Republican position, but a city manager form of government is great for a small town that can't afford a, a have a full time administrator. You can bring in a professional and. Let the bo- their city board set policy, and then this person carries it out. But to have a full time mayor and a full time uh, city manager is absurd. And I don't and think either one gonna... of them worth shooting. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think we're going to be able to solve Little Rock's problems until we go back to a normal mayor council form of government and and have some political uh, uh, backbone to actually clean some house. All right, we got to get a break in. Let's do that. 
It's uh, 22 after 3. If you're listening on the radio, know that you can also uh, get the app for 96.5 FM, uh, The Answer, at your app store. Or you can uh, get on to Facebook and go to facebook.com slash Dave Ellswick Show, and you'll find us right there. We'll see you in a few minutes. We'll be back in a moment here on the Dave Ellswick Show. All right, Carl's here. RD is here. And uh, Paul is here. You guys raise your hand so everybody can see. All right. Okay. That's me. The odd man out. That's Mark Johnson. All right. <laughs> he is uh, the uh, chairman of the Pulaski County Republican Party. We're glad to have him here with us today. So, you know, to get people in mayoral positions and city council positions, you got to have people to run for those positions. How are we standing, you know, for, let's say, 2018 for people who want to run for those positions well in in little rock uh and each city gets to opt in or out of this dave you can run as a partisan uh city board or as by party and and little rock for years has operated as a nonpartisan city board and i don't think anyone would argue that that most of them are democrats we certainly had some republicans uh, mm-hmm. uh, i think mayor stodler was once the national uh, president of young democrats so i guess that qualifies him as a democrat no, i think so might, might be a hint but, anyway uh, huh? uh, and i don't think he would argue that, with me on reason. that but uh, <laughs> uh right now we're we're really focused at the county level where we do run for partisan elections matter of fact we're i'm i, I wanted to come on your show mainly to, to tell everyone if they're interested in uh, uh a county office and some of these remember we're going to four-year terms uh county county judge uh uh pays $103,000 a year. And so really? does, uh, yeah, so does sheriff. Hmm. And these are now going to be four-year terms. Hmm. Uh, we have a Republican candidate that's about to announce for county clerk, and he told me it was okay to use his name. Okay. His name is Steve Walden, and he is looking at running for Pulaski County Clerk, said he's going to run. Uh, the current county clerk, Larry Crane, is, uh, said he would not run for re-election. His son, who is now the ahead of the film office uh, for the state has said he would run for it. I don't know if they'll have a democratic primary or not, but, uh, uh, maybe a little nepotism going on there, but, uh, more dynastic politics, but that, (laughs) that position pays $90,784 a year. 90 grand. Wow. Yeah. So I get your attention. So so you, it's almost a half million dollar gig. For it these. certainly is a four years for four years. I yes. mean, it's nearly half million dollars. Your math is good, Paul. You you saw that instantly. He was homeschooled, <laughs> <laughs> and he's a businessman. And, and can we figure out is there is there some per diem we can collect in, in addition to this? Too? I'm sure there's there's so all we kinds can actually of bump it up. You probably get a, one of those beautiful white county vehicles. Can, can we, so can we bump it <laughs> on up? To, so we actually get the full half million. You have to take if you get eight JPs to vote for your. Your expense appropriation okay. you can do that. And let me mention, uh, we expect all of our five Republican JPs to run for election. Uh, I have uh, two I'm talking to. Uh, uh, one lady that ran in, in 2016 is looking at running again for the same position. Uh, I had a young man that called me yesterday and said he was going to run for a position uh, that has an incumbent Democrat. Uh, a district that some people might think is is quite blue, but I think it might be a little more purple. and. Uh, but a, a real go-getter young man that's looking at running. Uh, Dave, if we have seven of the 15 JPs, the Republicans, we don't have a majority. 
But the Democrats cannot pass a county budget without Republicans going along with it. And, and what that means is that's the first step toward getting some fiscal responsibility uh, in Pulaski County in this this crazy, you know, gosh, look how much how much money do we have to blow yeah, on bridges and at, whatever. At least you could pull the bit a little bit in on, yes, on the horse. So what's, okay. what's the chance of getting, getting some Republicans or some, some people that are not socialists in some of the city boards, okay. city councils? Hold on. We'll answer that question okay. when we come back. Fox News is coming up when we come back. The power panel continues with Carl R.D. and Paul. Back with you here on Facebook Live, facebook.com slash Dave Ellswick Show. Of course, you're listening on the radio, 96.5 FM, The Answer. Get our app at your app store on your smartphone, and you can listen on their smartphone, run it through your radio system there in your car. You can, you Seriously, you can have a great coverage of uh, the 96.5 FM signal at any time just by doing that. Listen in not lose us be be in new mexico and listen to us and what a great station it's a great way to do it absolutely it works out just fine so we got mark johnson here i I meant to mention him before we went to the break and i ran out of time because fox was coming up whether i liked it or not so mark johnson's here he is the chairman of the republican uh uh, committee here in uh in pulaski county pulaski county republican chairman get that correct and uh, mark i asked you the question how do we find more people to run for these offices. Do we have a Republican that's going to run uh, for mayor in uh, Little Rock? I have talked to one particular person and encouraged him. Uh, he is a Republican. Whether he will do it or not, I don't know. And, Dave, I want everybody to remember, even though uh, uh, Representative Sabin and uh, uh, Frank Scott Jr. jumped in here, and I won't even get into the vagaries of this lawsuit that the city is involved with, uh, that the city attorney, Tom Carpenter, filed. But uh, the normal order of things is you file, I believe, in August for city board and mayor in Little Rock, and the election is in November. So they want it to be a relatively short window, which I like because it means that normal people can run for office and not have to spend over a year of their, their life that, right. where you know those people that actually work for a living can't do that. Uh, but that's going to be judge is going to give a the, the lawsuit seeks a declaratory judgment, which unlike an attorney general's opinion has the force of law. Uh, I feel like the they asked the ethics commission to deal with it. The ethics commission, in my opinion, just kind of punted because ultimately it's probably going to go before a judge anyway. But but the fact is that hold on, folks, a conservative could still file as late as. Uh, August, August. Okay. and I don't know the exact date, knowledge, but give folks a choice in the mayor's race. Interesting other thing, too, Dave, uh, and a few years ago, the legislature changed. Little Rock's always been able to go to the legislature and get special things just the way they want them. Of mm-hmm. course, local legislation is supposed to be unconstitutional, but I won't go down that road. <laughs> but here's the change they asked for and got, and this might actually work in favor of our side for a change. Uh if let's say a conservative should step forward and run for mayor, uh, unlike in our primary where uh, the winner has to have fifty percent plus one vote uh, to avoid a runoff in the mayor's race this fall, the anyone that gets forty percent plus one vote is elected. Now to flip that around inside out, that means if all the liberal candidates got fifty nine percent of the vote, they'd lose. 
So it's just it's just a so little different. Only had quirk. one conservative. That's right, but uh, exactly right. But so far, we we don't really have a conservative out there. Uh, I, relatively, you know, you know, well, this was a little more business oriented, and this was. But the fact is, there's no real conservative. They're all three Democrats. Yeah. So explain why you think that is. Why is it? Is it that people perceive that uh, here in Little Rock, except maybe for the West Side? It's decidedly dark, dark blue, and they don't think that they have that much of a chance? I don't think you can argue the fact that Pulaski County, taken as a whole, is is blue. Uh, you go out for Hillary. You, but you go out to Maumelle, it's very red. You mm-hmm. go into the northern parts of the county, it's very red. You go out into my area, uh, Ferndale, West Pulaski County, it's very red. Uh, Democrats aren't going to win out there, but when you take the—, the, the central city and parts of north little rock uh, as a whole then uh, yeah we it's as carl said the, the county did go for hillary uh and that's certainly a factor it's a factor in the uh, so, uh the congressional race uh, with congressman hill now what were that, the percentages i i don't remember exactly it was it was not as bad as i hoped paul <laughs> not, not as bad as you thought it might be but so so, so what you're saying is there, there might actually be a chance that if there's several Democrats running, that a Republican might actually cross the 40% exactly. threshold and maybe win win that way. Exactly. And remember that we're, we're coming up on a census. I think we're going to show population losses in the bluer areas of the county and population gains in the red areas of the county. And I, that doesn't mean we're suddenly going to be, you know, Benton County. Mm-hmm. But uh, I think the, the percentages... And, and the districts, once they're drawn, will be more favorable maybe to elect a quorum court. A lot of people don't realize this. You know where the the uh, uh, Home Depot is out here on West Markham? Yes. That's in John Walker's district. It really it is? It really is. And and that's the kind of uh, gerrymandering. My professor at Hendricks said it. you have to use the word gerrymandering. Oh, Gary, not Gary, Gary, not Gary. 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 Elbridge Gary. Gary. Okay. Carl. I knew Carl oh. would jump in there on that. Uh that was an example of we're going to go up there. Uh, Linda Chesterfield's Senate district takes in part of Maumelle. Uh, it takes in part of Jacksonville. Of course, it goes to the south side of Little Rock. Uh, and starting next time, Republicans are going to draw those districts. So it gets interesting then. It, it probably will end up in court, but it is going to get very interesting. It should level the playing field. That's, okay. actually, that's actually on the agenda of the Supreme Court in the U.S., isn't it? It, it is, is indeed, Paul. That's, that's probably a whole other show right but there. The, yeah, well, that, we can talk that, about that. That should be interesting. But, but, Mark, doesn't it say something about the effectiveness of Democratic governance that people are fleeing the Democrat-run areas to go to places where their baleful influence is less on our personal lives? It's absolutely true. Absolutely uh, well, true. Well, I think by and large you see that the, the, the left-wing ideology is, is centered in the cities for the most part. But where's, right. and, and where is most of the crime? It's also in the cities. Whereas out in the country, generally you'd think it'd be a lot easier to get away with crime because there's not a lot of people watching you because, you know, where I live, it's probably 150 or 200 yards to the closest house. Yeah, but those folks have guns. Yeah, you know, right. we do and have they guns. shoot and, pretty and, doggone clear. And, and, and so that's, that's, <laughs> that's part of the difference, though. But but the thing is, that it, would, it would be easy enough to to come while we're at church or something like that. And, of course, neighbors watch, too. And so they'll, and they're, they'll, they'll probably shoot you if you um, – um, start stealing from us, perhaps. But why is it that the um, that the cities are so much more violent and so much more crime ridden? 
with these Democrat type policies. Historical. It Decades is, of failed his, socialist policies. I can't improve on what Carl yeah, said. Exactly <laughs> true. I mean, I, but, but that, back that's on this, a no-brainer. This Gary Manor, let me, it, it's, it, I was amused, David, in the, after the, the 2010 census, and you know Mike BB and Dustin McDaniel uh, redrew the, the district. Yeah, I remember how and much I, Mark Martin got to do on and, that. And I, I laughed. I still <laughs> think of uh, one of the things they did, they, they took Jason Rapert, and he had he was in he lives in Bigelow or right near. I Bigelow. remember this. And he had the district that went up to Heber Springs and mm-hmm. Clinton. It came back wrapped around. It was this big rural district had Conway County, and instead they took his little area of Perry County and threw it in with the city of Conway that had been Gilbert Baker's district, thinking that Linda Tyler would just stomp him. And of course he stomped her. Or as I called her, the evil witch of the west. Yeah. <laughs> but the, my favorite uh, my favorite one of these though was. Uh, uh, 10 years before that, I think it was 10 years before that, they uh, uh, they drew a district for uh, uh, Representative Brenda Gullett in, uh, or no, Senator Brenda Gullett in mm-hmm. Pine Bluff. And they thought, well, we'll just, I think the mayor of Pine Bluff, Jerry Taylor, is going to run against me. So carve me into a district that just got me and him and then take out the rest of Pine Bluff. And they went down into Cleveland County and, and Bradley County and all this. And well, that's right. But now here's what's funny about house. it, Carl. Uh, I happened to be up with my dad when this happened, and he he was on the phone with someone. He got off the phone. He was laughing. I said, "What's so funny?" He said, well, "That's the mayor of Pine Bluff. He was telling me about the district they drew." He <laughs> says, "And I'll quote this. Apologies to Senator Gallup. My dad said, you know, he's going to run against that silly little woman that's the senator down there, and uh, she didn't realize that after she got her district drawn like she wanted." that Jerry's family was from Cleveland County and his wife's family was from Bradley County. And I think he got 70% of the vote. Oh, wow. oh, so you got to right. be careful what you ask for in some of these. You just might these, get it, right? Exactly. Uh, exactly. You got it. Okay, yeah. we're going to take a break. When we come back and we're going to talk further with Mark, I want to ask about uh, District 2 and the race that's coming up uh, to uh, reelect our, uh, our state uh, congressman in uh, French Hill. You know, the Democrats are pretty energized right now. What's that? How's that going to play out coming up uh, in November? We'll talk about it as we continue here on the Dave Ellswick Show, 96.5 FM, The Answer. Back with you, Mark Johnson, our special guest, along with the Power Panel today on the Dave Ellswick Show. Coming up at 5 o'clock, the Bible guys will be in. Coming up at 4 o'clock, right after the news top of the hour, Howard Kurtz is going to be with us. He's got a new book out. It's called Media Madness, and we're going to get to talk to him about how, how the media has not been fair to the president. And he'll be very outspoken about that. I already am going to ask you to ask a question of him. You ask him which correspondents hate Donald Trump. He'll name names. Okay. Be easier to ask which ones don't. Don't, yeah. But <laughs> ask him which ones really hate the president. Even Jimmy Carter said that. Yeah. Yeah. They Is that hate right? Yeah, that they hate Donald hmm. Trump. They're out to bring him down. Well, there's no news on, on when I go through the airports. Only time I see CNN is when I'm going through an airport. But there's no news on CNN. All it is is the haters club well, and uh, dude, just they, talking about. They went from being the Clinton done. News Network to being what I've always called them the Communist News Network. Uh, Dave, I'm, I make a practice just 
oppo research just like i listen to npr yeah i flip around in the morning between fox news cnn msnbc you watch I, joe tell him about the and tell him about the gag which usually takes somewhere between three and five minutes and okay I switch something else but but you know just like today was an example we have the biggest constitutional crisis of the last 45 years mm-hmm. going on in our country right now. And do you, what do you think? You flip over to CNN, to MSNBC, the, only, the only thing they talked about today Porter. was some low-level guy that was found beating his wife and got kicked out yeah, of his Porter. job, and he's gone. Yeah. He no longer has any effect That's on right. anybody. But they talked about him all day long because they don't want to pay the least bit of attention to the, to real the fact problem. that the FBI was used to excuse criminal wrongdoing by Democrats mm-hmm. and accuse Republicans of things they didn't do and make federal cases out of but it. But is that, is, that, is that new news? No. It still is. <laughs> no. You know, but it, it shows how incredibly shallow – the people on those okay. networks. I'm eight, I'm eight minutes out before Fox. I want to get with Mark here. District 2, the strong Democrat part of that district, of course, is in Little Rock. Right. Uh, French Hill is seeking re-election. Looks like that he's done well in, uh, in raising money. Uh, the Democrats are supposedly all energized, although now that the tax cut has passed, now that the president gave his State of the Union address, uh, address, that generic poll between Democrats and Republicans has closed significantly to one point, uh, kind of leaning towards uh, the Democrats. I think it will close to where it leans now Republican across the country. What? How are you seeing the, the, the second district? Dave, I don't – everything changed when Clark Tucker announced he was going to run. The other Democrat candidates are – uh, fringe candidates, okay. in my opinion. I don't think they're, frankly, I don't think they're serious candidates, and they know that. But, you know, a lot of people in that genre, they, they're trying to make a, a statement, and that's okay. It's, you pay your filing fee, you get on the ballot. Uh, Representative Tucker is a, a bright, young, attractive candidate. Uh, his uh, father-in-law is the football coach at Central High School. Uh, he's a former uh, Central High class president. He went to Harvard. Uh, he punches all the right buttons from that side of things, and 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 Clark's a genuinely nice young man. I'll say hey, we've that. Had him, we've had him on the radio here. Yeah, but let's 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 also go back to the fact that okay, why is he running? Well, ultimately, it's a simple thing. He's Pelosi's pick. That's right. And and people have to realize this. There are offices where if you vote for someone by party, it's really not a big deal. They can be conservative Democrats, they can be liberal Republicans, but when you're talking about U.S. Congress. You're voting for the next Speaker of the House. You're mm-hmm. voting for what legislation. And if, if Nancy Pelosi had been Speaker, that tax cut would have never seen the light of day. And it, people have to understand that. Now, in the other uh, six counties, I don't think that French has a problem. Pulaski County, people are going to have to work hard and turn out and make sure that uh, uh, we reelect Congressman Hill. All right. So uh, is there enough votes in Pulaski County that if Hill just – swamps them in every place else that he ends up going back to Washington, D.C.? I mean, that's kind of what Tim Griffin did, wasn't it? That's the formula. Uh, the Obviously, they think with someone like uh, Clark Tucker, uh, they can get enough more enough bigger margin in Pulaski County. Uh, actually, French did pretty well considering <clears throat> yes, it was the did. presidential election year and Hillary Clinton was on the ballot. Mm-hmm. He did pretty well in Pulaski County. Didn't carry it. Uh, but uh, he held his own. 
He's also well thought of. He is of the Little Rock business community and respected by leaders, even some of those that are Democrats within uh, Pulaski County. So uh, that's what makes politics interesting. Now, do you think that uh, that like some of the other areas in the country, that here in central Arkansas, the Democrats are that energized? I think it's uh, whistling past the graveyard. Uh, in Arkansas, they are so much in trouble. They've lost. I mean, the state representative from St. Francis County is a Republican. Uh, I, the You look at these East Arkansas Republicans that are elected. I mean, start with, with Congressman Crawford. I th- we never, never thought we'd see that. But rural Arkansas are Republicans now, and the Democrats are kidding themselves if they don't think that's not just a trend. They think they'll stay about where they are. I think we're going to see even more uh, red counties that used to be just totally uh, dominated well, the, by the, Democrats. Well, in the state house, we got what twenty five Democrats now, twenty four Democrats 24. in the house. Okay, mm-hmm. twenty four. You know when actually I, if, when I got right, here, right. when I got here and went on the air, we had four republicans in the house in the house yeah. think about that and that was the the shiite republicans at that time <laughs> dave i remember in 1973 i was the reading clerk at the arkansas senate and you had one republican gentleman named jim caldwell from rogers and you had preston bynum from Salem springs who was the only member of the house and they would come over get stand in the back of the room and visit and someone said well what is that i said that's the republican caucus for the legislature those two guys and now we have the beautiful new rockefeller republican center down mm-hmm. here on sixth street 1201 west sixth we built because the house caucus didn't have a big enough room to meet in. that's great isn't it that's quite a change yeah. that's that's really well, great it, it didn't, didn't a lot of this kind of come about because the democrat party on the national level has just become mind-numbingly stupid well, no, and, and there was this long-time thing, long-time thing of, oh, well, we're not national Democrats. We're Arkansas yeah, Democrats. Yeah, yeah. And finally, people wised up and saw that that's not the case. And it's not true with with the, uh, Chairman Michael John Gray, and it's not true with Representative Clark Tucker. They're national Democrats. Yes, they And they are. should go ahead and own up to it. When you run for a national that. office, you're part of the national party that you're running for. I mean, that's just... Bottom line, the party that wanted to get God out of the platform, that believes in abortion on demand whenever you want to have it, you know, that believes that same-sex marriage is no problem, they believe all that. Exactly. That's just the bottom line. I used to tell my Yankee in-laws that a Republican from New England was well to the left of a Democrat from Arkansas. <laughs> Don't know if that's so true anymore. I'm just hoping that our Arkansas Republicans stay on the right side of the path. And, and that, that is a problem, I think, in Arkansas. I think that that will not change for at least four more years. Four more years. One yeah. of the fun things I've been doing, Dave, and this is part of being the president of the Republican County Chairs Association, is that I've been going to different counties and talking to their local officials, nominally Democrats, and talking to them about switching. And I even had one that, he made it very clear he'd wait till the very last day because he wanted to see if they'd try to run someone against him. And if they tried to run somebody against him in the primary, he'd switch. Now, <laughs> he'd make it clear to you philosophically he's a Republican. But you have to see the. it doesn't matter what happens in Saline County, which is totally red now. They have to see it break in their own county. And once they do, 
it'll be like a dam breaking. Well, I'm, I'm excited. I want to see a dam breaking and see them cut some of these federal programs and some of the federal funding in the state of Arkansas and see them shrink Marty, the budget. Won't happen for four years. I'm just telling you, won't happen for four years. Well, uh, there's somebody coming after the next four years that I think has a real penchant of wanting to cut government. I really believe that. Well, I hope you're right. I tell you, I think if they were very ambitious, the they'd go God, ahead and right? step up to the plate and do it right. <laughs> I, I tell you what, I think if they were very ambitious, instead of going with the establishment and waiting their turn in line, they would step up. But I hope you're right. My, I, you guys got to bring you back in. That. I got I to get you to come back in, uh, Mark, because sure. I, big question that I asked several legislators in the general session was, would it have been easier to get the Republican ideology through stronger if we'd had a Democrat governor? I think maybe yes. I've heard that point, and, <laughs> and certainly years, uh, a lot of people will vote for things knowing they won't happen, but now they know they'll happen, and there maybe they're a little reticent, or there's other influences like their school board and their mayors. <laughs> Chickens. All right. Got to get a break Before. in. Thank you, Mark. Appreciate Thank you, brother. You, We're back with uh, Howard Kurtz in just a moment. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com. <laughs> 